Pushkin. Small business owners, this one's for you. Chase for Business and iHeart bring you a new podcast series called The Unshakables. This one-of-a-kind series will shine the spotlight on small business owners like you, who faced a do-or-die moment that ultimately made their business what it is today. Learn more at chase.com slash business slash podcast. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, N.A. member, FDIC. Copyright 2024, J.P. Morgan, Chase & Co. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. The story of the week is... Hawaii's Crazy War Over Zombie Cats by Paul Cavinta. It was published in Outside Magazine. This is an animal murder mystery. Which I mentioned because I know that podcasts about murder do really well. Specifically, it's a story about feral cats. The article's called Hawaii's crazy war over zombie cats. And the first thing it taught me is that cats are genocidal. And like genocidists before them, not only do they murder with their claws, but they also spread a deadly disease that somehow doesn't affect them. Cats are white people. And like white people, man, do they love Hawaii. As we learned from HBO's White Lotus, White people coming to Hawaii causes all kinds of tension. The Hawaiian feral cats have led to this battle between two really different types of animal lovers, cat people and conservationists. And the side that you take tells a lot about how you love nature, with your brain or with your heart, and which one's more dangerous. Writing is hard, who's got that kind of time? When you're already busy trying to be Joe Stein. So he turns on a mic, maybe twiddles a knob, calls a journalist friend who's got an actual job. Auditory, single story, just listen to smart people speak. Conversation filled with information, it's the story of the Hawaii's Crazy War Over Zombie Cats, and yes, I just like saying that, was written by Paul Cavinta, who's a contributing editor at Outside Magazine. And he did what every journalist I've ever met does, pitched a story that involves going to Hawaii. I've pulled it off four times. Not to brag. Okay to brag. We'll get to the cat soon, but Paul's cat mystery starts with a clue that Hawaiian conservationists found in a totally different animal. There's a... um marine biologist, Michelle Barbieri. And one of her jobs is to 
you know, monitor and, and look after endangered wildlife, of which there's uh, a ton of that in, in Hawaii. For her, it's, it's, it's marine mammals. And the, uh, the Hawaiian monk seal is a super endangered species. There's less than 1,500 of them left on the planet. And what do these animals look like? Like, I've never seen one. They're sort of these gray torpedo-shaped creatures, <laughs> you know, kind of, uh, kind of narrow, uh, but, but, but they're also sort of fat and blubbery. Like a fat dolphin? Like a porpoise? Exactly. Okay. All right. A fat, slow porpoise. Exactly. And there had been a spate of, uh, at first, seemingly mysterious deaths of, of these seals. She, she has tagged many of them. And what she was discovering was that there was this protozoa called toxoplasmosis that was getting into the tissues of these creatures and causing this really terrible swelling. And then a week or two later, the animal would die. Okay. This is that part in CSI or Law & Order where the cops bring a clue to the lab and then some nerd says, would you like for me to explain to you about this? Would you like for me to explain to you about, about this protozoa, more specifically where it comes from, how it reproduces? No one's ever asked me that question in my entire life. Um, but, <laughs> but yes, desperately. So the toxoplasmosis protozoa. How long did it take you to learn to say that? I, I, I still can't say it. Joel. No, that was great. Uh, <laughs> it reproduces in the gut of felines. So any, any of the cat species, uh, and that's the only place it reproduces. I'm not sure why, uh, but it reproduces there. And then the cat poops it out uh, in the form of something called an oocyst, which is a little teeny tiny thing. And subsequently, rats, mice uh, will eat this. Now, the fascinating thing here is that once uh, a rat consumes one of these protozoa in the cat poop, it kind of zombifies the rat such that suddenly the rat is not fearful of cats at all. It's just amazing. And so there's been reports of rats eating poop that has toxoplasmosis in it. And suddenly all they want to do is roll around in cat urine. Well, obviously this makes it easy for the cat to then, you know, kill and consume the rat. Finding out that toxo from cat poop was killing the endangered monk seals wasn't the first time Hawaiian biologists worried about cats. Toxo's just like one arrow in cat's quiver of animal murdering weaponry. Cats aren't native to Hawaii at all. A few reached the islands with Europeans, but like so many visitors to Hawaii, they had a lot of sex. So much so that by 1866, Mark Twain described Honolulu as having companies of cats, regiments of cats, armies of cats, multitudes of cats, millions of cats. Like me, I think he was paid by the word. And as cute as they look, cats are actually cold-blooded killers. They kill for sport. They're just like smaller versions of lions and tigers. To see what cats actually do, scientists placed a motion-activated video camera in this inaccessible part of Kauai outside the burrow of an endangered bird called the Newell Shearwater. In the footage, you see these tabby cats and other kinds of cats slinking into these burrows, just ripping these birds apart. At one point, the cat looks at the camera with blood dripping down its mouth. It's sort of like, you know, the cat's, you know, saying, yeah, what the fuck are you going to do about it? <laughs> you know. So it's like a horror movie. Exactly. The obvious solution to this claw-wielding, toxo-spewing serial killer would be to capture and kill stray cats. 
to save the birds and the seals. But this is where the cat lovers come in. Cat people aren't bird-hating dicks. They totally understand this is a problem. So they came up with this really impressive, elegant solution that saves both the birds and the cats. It's an enormous amount of work, but cat people are more than willing to serve their cat overlords. It's called Trap, Neuter, and Return. And it involves grabbing a feral cat, fixing it, dropping it back in the woods, and keeping it fed. About 250,000 cat lovers in the U.S. are doing this on a regular basis, as a hobby. It's gotten so popular that people just call it TNR. It sounds like friendly, accessible, something that could be hosted by Carson Daly. Trap, neuter, and return, TNR, was supposed to put conservationists and cat lovers on the same team. It does seem like a good plan, and and who wants to kill cats? Uh, The people who... Uh, are for TNR. They don't want to see cats killed. So let's don't bring these animals in. Let's let's keep them on the landscape. They'll be harmless. They won't hurt anything. And that's the theory behind TNR. And there are tons of people doing TNR as a part of their life, like a big part of their life. You talk about this one woman who, so you go to a park in Oahu where you hear there's a ton of feral cats and there are, and you see a woman in a car who's kind of reluctant to talk to you. But when you mention TNR, she kind of opens up. I'm, I'm looking for the quote. For 15 years, she practiced TNR regularly and quit only recently. She had to. She was spending $300 a month on pet food. Her traps cost $90 a piece. She kept thinking that if she could just trap one more cat, her work would be done. But there's never just one more. Her partner financed everything. After a while, he couldn't pay the mortgage, she says. We lost the house. He moved into her condo. We thought we would lose the condo too, unless we pulled ourselves together. All the money was going to the cats. And, and yet she was still out there doing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did she seem nuts? Not really. Um, she, was, she was soft-spoken. She was kind of talking and sort of almost presenting herself as a recovering addict, you know, yeah. and, um, but she still couldn't quite give it up. Uh-huh. Kind of like, yeah, like that. I, I can relate. I'm not a real animal person, but it must be thrilling to like basically saving animal lives. Like it must feel amazing. Yeah. The problem, however, is that trap, neuter, return doesn't work. Like so many elegant but theoretical solutions, the complexities of the real world get in the way. In 30 years of practice, trap, neuter, return hasn't eliminated a single feral cat colony anywhere. That's because when people's cats have a litter, some of these bastards put the cats in their car, drive off into the forest, drop them off, and pretend wonderful things are going to happen to their cats. I blame that horrible Andrew Lloyd Webber musical. So say you have a colony of 10 cats that a TNR person is is watching after. That colony is going to grow even if all those cats are neutered because You know, people are dumping cats and those cats are attracted to the food. And scientists have shown, and there was this one case study in Florida, that the colony did not decrease. In fact, it increased. And that people dumped the cats because they saw that colony as giving them permission to. I don't want my cat anymore. I'm going to dump it. Oh, they're taking care of cats on the landscape over here. I'm just going to dump it there. So that's the logical scientific reason against TNR. And it's so compelling that even PETA, 
the group that loves animals most in this whole world, is against trap-neuter return. But cat people do not want to hear this. And when cat people get put in the corner, oh, their claws come out. Are cat people among the uh, most passionate people in the world? Ferocious, yeah, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) So the tiny, gorgeous, placid island of Kauai becomes the center of this weird fight between two very different types of animal lovers. Team Endangered Species and Team Cat, which will lead to threats involving guns, legislation, and of course, cat zebos. All that after the break. Small business owners, this one's for you. Chase for Business and iHeart bring you a new podcast series called The Unshakables. This one-of-a-kind series will shine the spotlight on small business owners like you, who faced a do-or-die moment that ultimately made their business what it is today. Join hosts Ben Walter, CEO of Chase for Business, and Tanya Nebo, a lawyer and business consultant, on these storytelling journeys of trials, tribulations, and triumphs that hinged on a single event, a split-second decision, or even a stroke of luck. Whether the story is about a warehouse going up in flames or a former partner stealing a whole roster of clients, each episode will showcase the grit, determination, and resourcefulness a small business owner needed to turn a pivotal situation into a springboard for success. Listen to The Unshakables now and learn more at chase.com business slash podcast. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, N.A. member, FDIC, copyright 2024. J.P. Morgan, Chase & Co. Hello, hello. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. Let me tell you an unconventional story about a healthcare group that wanted to improve their efficiency. Boston Children's Hospital. They were already a leading pediatric facility. Their patient outcomes, workflows, and delivery of care were already great. But they wondered, how can we make it better? So the hospital got to work. Their idea was to build what they called clinical mobility, meaning a system which would allow their staff to access information and interact with patients on mobile devices anywhere in the hospital. And what made that possible? 5G. The hospital rebuilt their entire system with 5G technology at its core. That infrastructure now supports thousands of phones and tablets so practitioners can communicate with patients on a whole new level. Boston Children's also made sure the system could flex and scale to handle medical advancements like robotic surgery and virtual reality for training and research. This was worlds away from how they had previously operated. This innovative work hasn't gone unnoticed, first by patients, but also by their peers. Boston Children's was a first-place winner in the industry category at last year's Unconventional Awards from T-Mobile for Business, an event that celebrates customers who've dared to innovate for the sake of innovation. If the Boston Children's story rings a bell with you, if your team has asked the same questions about building a better business solution, I encourage you to enter this year's awards. It's a great way to be recognized for smart, disruptive thinking in front of some of your industry's most influential leaders. You can enter at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. That's tmobile.com slash 
Unconventional Awards. I'll save you a seat. Welcome back. We'll pause here if you want to make some more purchases from the sponsor. Okay, now back to our story. I've been to Kauai three times. It's an island with about 70,000 people living there, and the road doesn't even go all the way around the island. A lot of it's completely inaccessible. But when you're there, you feel the tension between untouched nature and super rich people. The native Hawaiians are furious, for instance, that Mark Zuckerberg built a mega mansion on the island. The fight between nature and wealth exploded, oddly, in this fight over cats. Now, in the story, the cat people are populous. They love their pets, like normal people. Sure, they might have money, but like so many fights of our times, they pit themselves against a group who could be seen as elites. Those here are the environmentalists. They're in academia, government, and the media. They write long stories for outside magazine and listen to podcasts. And like elites everywhere, they're telling people something they really don't want to hear. They're social justice warriors fighting the cats on behalf of obscure bird species. When I arrived to Kauai, Kauai had put together this task force and the task force was to sort of study the problem, you know, how much were these feral cats, uh, damage were they causing, et cetera, et cetera. And then there was a subcommittee of that task force that was supposed to come up with, you know, a bill or a, a uh, you know, legislation. They were in the middle of that when I showed up in Hawaii and uh, basically all hell was breaking loose over this, this effort to do something about this problem between sort of the cat people and the wildlife people. This subcommittee of a task force gets really ugly. It centers around a man with the most cat love in his heart in all of Hawaii. His name's Basil Scott, and he and his wife Sue are, of course, trap, neuter, return enthusiasts. When this woman, who's the cat-loving head of Kauai's local cat group, show just a little bit of wiggle room about allowing some euthanasia at shelters in some cases, Basil turned on her until she left the group. Then, Basil took over Kauai's cat organizations. It was a cat coup. So he's on this committee with scientists and environmentalists, and he's just completely uh, butting heads with them at every possible turn. You know, he gives no ground. It's TNR, TNR, TNR works, TNR works. I just want to to point out that Basil and Sue, uh, this husband and wife team, are so intense and so extreme that it surprised me when I saw a photo of them and when I learned about like his background. <laughs> they look like yes. the nicest hippies, like rich hippies in Kauai, just what you expect from a, from a couple in Kauai. They just see, and he was like, what, an electrical engineer who went to Duke or something? Is that quite, something yes, like that? Yes, that's right. And he's in great shape. Like they, they seem normal and they, I mean, they have an enormous number of cats in their home, like 30 or something, 30, 45? 36. 36 cats in their house. But as, in, as crazy um, as that- I think, I, I think technically, just to clarify that, uh, 12 live in the house, 12 roam around the house, and 12 live in what they call a cat zebo, which is a, a, fen a screened-in area uh, in the backyard, you know, the size of a small room. And 
12 of the cats live in that. So they can be sort of outside and inside. It's like a screened-in porch. You don't have to explain to our podcast listeners what a cat Zebo is. This is a very sophisticated audience. They all are familiar with cat Zebos. <laughs> okay. But even as crazy as that sounds, basically they live in a house that cats own at this point. But when you see a photo of it, it's like a nice, clean, cool house that like, I don't know, you might show up for yoga classes at. Yeah. Yeah. These are not sort of uh, unwashed hippies squatting in, you know, some old abandoned building. Which makes him more effective. Right. One of the things that that Basil did as all this was heating up, Basil put out the word amongst his amongst the cat people that, hey, guys, the, the, the legislation that this committee is thinking about writing, it would allow guys to come onto your property and steal your pet cats which wasn't the case at all. Uh, but this got people really worked up. And so on you know, Facebook posts and other social media, they're saying things like, you know, we better arm ourselves to protect ourselves. It's time to get a gun and stuff like that. The TNR people were so intense and passionate that you postulated that Toxo might, in, I mean, it, it gets into humans and it might make them like the rats kind of uh, super aggressive. I don't know that I postulated it, others <laughs> postulated it, and I wrote about it. Toxoplasmosis has been known to uh, make people do crazy things and act aggressively, basically. So some of the people, uh, the scientists and conservationists on this committee who are working with Basil and viewing his, what he was saying and how he's behaving as kind of completely over the top, they were wondering amongst themselves if, hey man, you know, he's got 36 cats at home, he spends all this time with cats. The dude's got, you know, maybe he has Toxo. But uh, Joel, I just want to be clear with you that Basil Scott uh, says he has only ever tested negative for, for Toxo. And, and I have no idea if he, if he has Toxo. After it came out, Paul's article stirred things up even more, if that's possible. Eventually, Paul became part of the story himself. Several months ago, some legislation came to the county commission about outlawing the feeding of feral cats on county land in Kauai. And one of these uh, conservationists contacted me and said, hey, look, you know, there, there's going to be, this thing has come up again. There's going to be hearings. Would you testify? So I sent in some written testimony, you know, basically discussing what I'm discussing with you here, which is that TNR doesn't work. Uh, Hawaii is the home of all these precious species. But anyway, this thing passed overwhelmingly. There's been a cascade of anti-feral cat legislation around the world. This year, some towns in Iceland banned house cats from roaming outside anywhere, and a similar law was passed in Canberra, Australia. But Basil, Kauai's top cat lover, has been preparing for this with Cat Zebo McMansions. He was talking about fencing, you know, making a fenced facility capable of holding 40 cats. And I think that that's what they're, they're going to be left with now. They'll probably still have feral cat colonies uh, in Kauai. I, I, th I think this, this bill we're talking about, it's, it's just sort of a first step towards trying to rein these cats in. When you think about who the villain of the story is, do you, do you think it's cats or do you think it's uh, people who love too much? Or what, what, is, what is the heart of the problem? Well, I love cats. I'm a cat guy. I've had cats for years. I own two cats. Cats are great. Um, but one of these uh, conservationists uh, said something that was interesting when he was talking about this cat problem. 
he said, you know, you know, you've got these cats, there's half a million of them, which is a lot, you know, and then you've got 1500 monk seals and a few hundred of this bird species and a few hundred of that bird species. And he said, you know, if you're pro cat, it's sort of like you're pulling for Walmart over little Joe the butcher on Main Street, you know, the mom and pop shops, which are, you know, they're disappearing. So it seems like some misplaced priorities, you know, people not appreciating that special wildlife that's quickly disappearing and they're for cats because cats are super cuddly, but there's a gajillion cats. So yeah, there's something uh, skewed about the way the cat people are perceiving all this. So when you get back from this trip, how do you look at your own cats differently? I mean, no, I still love my cats. And I think there's a way that cats can be cared for where they're not out slaughtering endangered species. Has your cat ever walked in and presented you with something? You're like, oh boy, you should not have killed that. Oh, there was a chipmunk in there and, you know, a bird or two. And we keep him in much more now for sure. But uh, yeah, Jackson can make me feel like a hypocrite. I sort of rationalize it by saying I live in Atlanta, not Kauai. You know, I, I don't think we have a ton of endangered species here. Is this what's keeping you from moving to Kauai? Uh, my cats. That's yeah. exactly it. Paul Cavinta's story, Hawaii's Crazy War Over Zombie Cats, was published in Outside Magazine. Thank you for talking to me, but thank you for writing this story and all your stories. You write such wonderful stuff, and it's why we wanted to do this podcast. So thank you so much for doing this. Thanks, Joel. I appreciate it. Now go, uh, go make sure Jackson doesn't leave the house. <laughs> Will do. I just want to be very clear to the cat people who get sent this episode on Facebook, because I know that's where you cat people are. I don't want any cats killed. I think you're all very good people. You're upstanding people full of cat love. So just don't email me. Email Paul. At the end of the show, what's next for Joel Stein? Maybe he'll take a nap or poke around online. Our show today was produced by Lydia Jean Cott and Nisha Venkut. It was edited by Robert Smith. Our engineer is Amanda K. Wang. And our executive producer is Catherine Girardot. And our theme song was written and performed by Jonathan Colton. And a special thanks to my voice coach, Vicki Merrick, and my consulting producer, Lauren Zelaznik. To find more Pushkin podcasts, listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Joel Stein, and this is Story of the Week. Have you ever tested yourself for Toxo? I have not. Mm. Maybe I should. Yeah. Yeah, you seem pretty passionate about all this. Do, do I come off as aggressive? I think one of the effects that you read was eroticism. I'm sensing, <laughs> Did I say that? I, I, maybe I misheard that word. <laughs> I'm sensing a bit of that from you. Next week, we take you inside the dark world of carnivorous plant collecting. The tradition of breaking tradition continues with the return of the unconventional awards from T-Mobile for Business at Mobile World Congress. This is an event that celebrates innovators whose bold actions took their industries to new places. If that sounds like you and you're a T-Mobile for Business customer, enter today. If you win, 
you'll be publicly honored among some of the most influential leaders in industry. And me, I'll be there too. Enter now at tmobile.com slash unconventionalawards. See you there.